All right, here we go. Whenever you're ready, we'll go ahead and count it down. Hi, and welcome to Filmmaker's Compass Podcast, the show where we talk about movies and well more movies. I'm D-Man, and once again, joined by CP. CP, how are you doing today? Dude, I'm back, and I'm doing great. Well, it's glad to have you back, because after doing a solo episode, I realized just how hard this is. And it's been a while since I've done an actual solo episode of a podcast. It's hard to carry the whole show without a lot of ums, a lot of, uh, you know, thinking, trying to give yourself a pause. Sometimes you just want to breathe. Yeah. No, it is, it is definitely very hard. Thank you for stepping in and making sure we got an episode out for our fans. So Yeah, hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. I know I... I did. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, thank you. I came up with some topics that I, I thought were interesting to me. So it was fun to discuss those, but it's always more fun when you're here. I like to get your feedback, your pushback, and sometimes it's got to go to an argument. <laughs> if that's the case, we'll, uh, we'll duke it out. Let's go ahead and jump into our shout outs then as we do at the top of every episode. So first up, I want to give a shout out to uh, my friend, Jen and her husband, Alan, because for whatever algorithmic social media reason, our podcast showed up in her feed. So she ended up checking out. Yeah, she checked it out and enjoyed the show. So I just want to say thank you so much for uh, giving us a shot for listening in. And and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. That's awesome. Very exciting. And she said she said she enjoyed it so far. So that was that was fantastic. Thank you. I wanted to give another shout out to my mom. Mom, I love you. And my mom said we are doing a great job. So yes, thank you. Yeah, she seems to really enjoy the show, which is great. Next up goes to at uh, Giraffe65, Ivor, who said, this is one of the best dad movies, referring to your review of Air. So CP, you want to expand on that a little bit? I mean, uh, you, you kind of did, you did a little social media reel and we got a sense of what you were thinking, but is this a, you know, two thumbs up, one thumb up or thumbs down? What do you Oh, this you is think? two thumbs up. As I said, this was the best movie I've seen so far in 2023. And I still stand by that after seeing the Mario movie, which has now made like a billion dollars. Okay. So number one so far. It's, it's, it's a great story. It's got Michael Jordan, a killer 80s soundtrack, and it's just oozing with nostalgia. Like what more do you want in a movie? Oh, fantastic. Well, it's on my list. I definitely want to see that. So hopefully I can, uh, you know, add my own opinion on that as well well in future stuff. Something I did want to commentate on CP that I haven't done yet. I wanted to provide my commentary on the movie The Whale. I finally got a chance to see it. Brendan Fraser. So I do have thoughts on that and I'm going to put those out in a uh, social media post, a reel, and I'll kind of dive into that a little bit. But I thought it was interesting. It was an interesting movie. The performance was stellar. So Uh, right. He's incredible. I remember walking out and I was like, this was like a horrific movie and I'm going to eat a salad for like the next month. <laughs> Damn, Brandon Fraser so good. Yeah, it it was it was good. So Iver also commented, he said, uh, was this showing the long director's cut? Beautiful on the big screen, referring to me going and seeing L-O-T-R, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King in theaters. And yes, it was the director's cut, Ivor. It was amazing. It was was four hours plus that I got to enjoy sitting in the theater. It was beautiful on the big screen. Action sequences. I mean, everything just popped. And it was a fantastic experience because this was the only showing CP that they had at my movie theater. It was one showing on one day at 7 p.m. That was it. So everybody else in the theater was a huge Lord of the Rings fan. You're with fans. It was awesome. Dude, at I'm times so... people were cheering, clapping. It was great. I loved I, it. I am so jealous of you. That sounds like an amazing screening. Yeah. 
And I'm excited. I mentioned this on social media as well. And of course, all of our listeners know me by now. Uh, We have Return of the Jedi coming up next. So I'm super pumped for that. And I can't wait to see it in the theaters. I'll find a way to get there. I don't care. It's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. So Iver did have one last question and he said, nice. Did you tear up when everyone on screen turns to the hobbits and bows to them? I tear up every time. So did I. Of course, I got a little tear in my eye when Aragorn is like, my friends, you bow to no one. And he bows down and everybody bows down and they stand there and it's, oh, it's amazing. I'm going to tear up right now, but I won't. I swear, CP, no more crying. (laughs) (laughs) Next up is uh, at DBEX2486 said, thanks for the update. I'd love to hear your guys' take on what you think will possibly branch off into going forward. Keep it up, y'all. Now, that is in reference to uh, a story that I put out regarding a potential writer strike. So I will be doing updates on social media, taking a look at what's going on with the writer strike. Important details, some dates, kind of what's happening. We're not going to dive into it too much here because everything so far is a lot of speculation. But we may do a topic on the podcast if it comes to pass. Very interesting. And we haven't had a writer strike since I think 0708. It's been a while. Mm, that sounds no wasn't there a later one i thought there's one in like 2015 i believe because i've been reading about this they voted to authorize oh, a strike at that time but, they but did. There didn't that was when up... they fired the agents yeah but they were they didn't strike but they were going everyone thought they were going to yeah they thought they were going to but they did not end up striking that time and i believe the strike that took place in 0708 was roughly around 100 days which is quite a while especially when you look at certain shows and things that need writers like today very interesting and it could affect a lot of content so we'll be keeping an eye on that you can follow us at film comp podcast and that's where we'll be posting any of the uh news and updates and everything so check that out there and he went on to add i'm not a filmmaker but being part of yours in the past i have some ideas i might see you sunday talking to ucp so let's talk and just have fun about it i love your pod i watch it a lot so just want to say thanks man all right well brian ten bosch commented i was disappointed referring to dungeons and dragons short review but uh you know (laughs) he saw it which i haven't so i can't comment on it but brian thank you appreciate the comment and lastly gary osberg said very solid all that jazz is my favorite of all time really solid 70s film only musical i truly enjoy and that i believe cp was referring to you posted something regarding the opening sequence the nostalgic opening sequence yes of air. air. Yep. So they play yeah, dire was... straits. They just have all these clips of the eighties. It's so amazing. You just watch it. And you're like, Oh yes, absolutely. So that does it for my shout out CP. I'm going to throw it over to you. Do you have any shout outs on this episode? Yeah. Only shout out. I want to, I want to actually piggyback off the one with, uh, for Derek D happy birthday. Was oh, happy birthday Derek. Sunday mentioned to me that he is a huge Nicholas Cage fan. Oh, Aren't we all. Yeah. So, I was going to say, absolutely. I think for Derek, we should do an episode talking about or at least listing out our favorite nick cage movies because i mean it's nick cage he's in some incredible movies he's also in some horrible movies and that's what makes nick cage so amazing well okay here we go real quick so cp i don't know if you've seen this and dbex derek i don't know if you've seen this hopefully you have nick cage just put out a new movie with pedro pascal where they're like trying to write a movie 
in yeah, Mexico, yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, no, 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 no. You're talking about. Um, I, I know. Uh, I can't think of the name. The, the uh, unbearable weight of mass of massive talent. Some I, yes. I forget what yes. it, exactly yes. what it's called. I, yeah. I saw it when it came out, and it's hilarious. It's it's amazing. awesome. It was so good. I like. It's not a movie that I'm like, oh my god, this is the best movie ever made. But it's exactly what you would hope it would be. It's funny. The actors seem to have so much so much chemistry, which he, was incredible. And he owns all the Nick Cage stereotypes. Like, he just owns it. It's amazing. Yeah, they do homages to all of his films or a lot of his films. Like, it's great. I, I really enjoyed the movie. So if you haven't had a chance, and I don't know if I got that name right for the film, but if you just go Google Nicolas Cage 2023, you'll find it. And it was awesome. All right, CP. Well, that takes us into our first topic this week. And it's something that I, I found online that I was I was interested in when I read an article that Netflix was actually doing some live streaming. When looking at streaming services, there's like live TV. TV. So think like, you know, YouTube TV or Hulu premium or whatever it's called, or, or, you know, a, basically like a cable channel. And then there are like live events. Mm -hmm. So for this topic, I'm talking about like live events, which are normally covered by like broadcasts and cable channels, right? Even up to today. So you think, I don't know, sports, sporting events, live news channels, Thanksgiving Day Parade, presidential debate, those type of things, right? Those yeah. are like live events that we want to tune into. And they're usually on cable. It's not something that you can often go find a live stream of online. Even though sometimes like the Thanksgiving Day Parade, some of those things, they might have a live stream. Often it's rebroadcast after the fact. Right. Yeah. It's not always like live. And that's something that I think people they many people have just given up on by cutting the cord and go going exclusively to streaming. That's something that I, I think people write. They're like, fine, I, I'll give up the live events for five streaming platforms and I can watch whatever I want when I want. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Netflix, as I mentioned, got into streaming and it was with Love is Blind. So apparently this is the second thing they've ever live streamed behind a Chris Rock comedy special back in March. So this is brand new to their platform. They have yeah. never really experimented with this at all. Mm -hmm. And it didn't go well. They ended up having problems with the live stream and they and they ended up giving a quote saying, it's almost time, the live event will start soon. And it didn't even end up starting. They ended up recording it and then releasing it the following Monday. So they didn't get into the actual live streaming. This went, I guess, horribly. Hopefully nobody lost their job over it. Mm -hmm. You know, they're experimenting. It didn't go well. I, I was curious, do you think Netflix and by that extension to other streaming platforms Getting into this kind of promise of, of live events is a new avenue for these platforms. Do you think it's, how, how do you feel about that? It's so stupid. Okay. So stupid. <laughs> well played. Well, I mean, the thing is, what's interesting is, especially with Netflix, I think, how do I say this? It's not what they do. It's not what they're known well, for. This is kind of a... Yeah, that's that's my thought. First of all, the Netflix business model is content all the time on your time, right? When you mm -hmm. want it, how point. you want it. Netflix was built in the opposite of you are a slave to when some broadcaster says this is the only time you can watch something, right? Interesting. It was yeah. democratizing your access to content. You want to binge a whole series, you want to watch some obscure movie, get Netflix. This is what we do. And they do it really, really well. I don't know why they think that they need to wade into the, the live event thing, because I just don't think it matters. We've seen other quote unquote networks air live shows. Um, I think, you know, 
especially it seems like the the desire for live it for most content is kind of really tied into reality tv if it's not sports or breaking news it's some sort of reality tv related thing it seems like which is probably why they did it for i mean love is blind, is blind right right yeah i mean so many of these shows are recorded live in a studio audience they are broadcast after they've been edited they're broadcast on television where it's quote unquote live but it's not really live. And I don't know why Netflix just doesn't adopt the same model. Why do they think that we need to have this instantaneous, you know, live stream to experience the drama of Love is Blind? I think it's stupid. I would equate it to, you know, Spotify does a really good job of making audio. That doesn't mean that Netflix needs to wake up and say, oh my gosh, we need to get into the audio business now. No, you do video. Or an even more extreme example, the Lakers play in the NBA. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of teams that, other, you know, there's a lot of other sports out there. That doesn't mean the Lakers need to start trying to play like freaking soccer or hockey because other people do it. Own what you do and do it well. And Netflix, everyone in the streaming game is trying to be you. I don't know why now suddenly you're looking back at these 35, 40 year old business model that is cable television and say, oh, they do this one thing that we can't do. Let's try and do that. It's stupid. Well, I do get the vibe reading this article on CNN Business that one of the reasons they may be attempting to do this is because a lot of the uh, like sports broadcast contracts, a lot of the live streaming kind of deals and contracts, rights, all of that will kind of be expiring in this next cycle or changing hands. Mm -hmm. And so they may be seeing that like they may be going with Love is Blind trying to do some live broadcasting to see if they can figure out how to make that work for them. Because there are some whales out there that if you can get the rights to that, you know, it's going to draw some eyeballs to Netflix. It's going to lock people into Netflix, right? Like if you can only get the Lakers on Netflix, you're going to have, you know, or NBA, if that, which would be massive. But if you could get something like that, like then you have people that are like, well, I can't not have Netflix because I watch the NBA. Like I got to see it. So I don't know. That was, that was my vibe was that, that I don't know that they've actually stated out loud that they're planning on making this a regular thing. But my intuition tells me that they're looking at these contracts and these rights and they're saying like, hey, is can we get in on that? Right now it doesn't look so good. Good, but I mean, they're just starting out. So I don't know. I mean, well, how would you feel if Netflix just had a totally separate tab for like live stuff? Like, they move it into, you know how like when you're on Instagram, right? They have the home button, they have like, mm-hmm. you know, reels and then search and then your profile. Like what if they had a separate tab at the bottom that was just like all the live stuff? So then it's like, hey, if you want Netflix and maybe that would even be like the, another thing that they could add to like a, you know, the highest paid tier, right? Where it's like, hey, if you don't even want live streaming, you don't have to pay for it. But if you want it, here's what we offer. Mm-hmm. I could see where they might be able to find a way to work that in because places like, I think right now, Apple, TV is airing some MLB games. I think at various times, I think Twitter might have even aired Thursday Night Football. Prime took that over. I think Amazon Prime last season was airing Thursday Night Football. These companies are experimenting like with, can we get this in our arsenal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so and, I don't know. I agree with you to this to the extent that yes, it does kind of go against right the company's identity. To that end, I do kind of get where you're coming from, especially with Netflix in particular, because that's really what they were was like watch what you want when you want, not what's live. That's not what they were about. Yeah. So I kind of get that with Netflix specifically, but I do understand why these streaming platforms may want to dive into this because it probably could be something. Uh, you know, obviously they would pay a lot of money to acquire the rights, but it would lock. people 
people in. And I think they might try to do it. Well, I think it also depends. I think two other examples are, I think Roku has done a really good job of kind of implementing a live aspect of live content. And I think Peacock does a great model, but that's kind of because they have the whole legacy Comcast NBC broadcast wing that they are now integrating into the Peacock streaming mechanism. And it actually does a really good job of giving you the option between streaming content and watching what's actually happening live. For me, I just don't think that that's the Netflix brand. Okay. I hear you. Like, again, something that I think Peacock is a great example of this is they have the exclusive rights to WWE. So WWE doesn't even do pay-per-view anymore. It's a mm. Peacock subscription that gets you access to WWE. So it has all of their legacy content. You can watch every episode of Raw. You can watch every pay-per-view that's mm -hmm. ever come out before you have access to all of that, but they also air all the new live events and you can mm -hmm. watch them live on Peacock. So that is like, to me, that's a perfect example of, you know, an incorporated brand where it's like, Hey, you know, we have this kind of separate channel in our hierarchy, our search hierarchy over here. Like WWE isn't really a focus on the main page, but if you're here for WWE, bam, here's all the stuff. And if yep. there's a live event going on, you can click it and you get it right now. And I've tested it out. I have Peacock and it worked great, but it was fantastic. That's a, I mean, that's a good example. I don't know. I'm interested to see what these companies do because obviously I think cable cord cutting and all that, like, I think cable is not really going to be around, certainly not the way it was for, you know, the past 20 years. And the only thing really keeping cable going is live TV. So when you start seeing the other side of live, which is the live TV that I mentioned, YouTube TV, that kind of Peacock model, uh, Hulu premium, you can see where this shift might happen. And it's like, hey, people aren't going to pay for cable anymore. They're just not going to do it. You can just get it somewhere. I don't know. It's an interesting discussion. And like you said, it's weird because Netflix as its own unique brand may not, it may not be part of their identity to do this. It's just not what they're about. And maybe Netflix, you know, can bow out on that. But I just found it interesting that they're experimenting with it. And it's something that I think if you're a user, you should keep your eye on because yeah, your, your favorite sports teams, they may, they may end up on Netflix in the future. You know, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't think Netflix and you wouldn't, I've never once thought sports that may be what comes to pass. Maybe they'll buy ESPN from Disney and then it will become yeah. know, the mecca of streaming sports content. Well, even that's a good example is like Disney Plus, right? Right now, I don't think they've ever experimented with any live streaming, but they do have ESPN. So mm -hmm. it and again, they air things from ESPN. But like you said, it's after the fact. But I could see where they could incorporate that brand into live stuff for subscribers of Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. Make that kind of a focal point of like, hey, you know, you get full ESPN here. You don't have to have a cable, you know, subscription to get ESPN anymore. So, but I bet I guarantee you the reason they haven't done it, I guarantee you, is because they have contracts. They just can't. Mm -hmm. They have exclusive yeah. contracts with cable providers and they can't do it. Like it's just yeah. not gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, to our users, I'd be interested to hear our users. Uh, all the, all this platform talk to our listeners. <laughs> Let us know what you think. I mean, if sports, if live news coverage, uh, presidential debates, all this stuff was to move over to these streaming platforms. Is this something that you would welcome? Is this something you would love to see? 
Or do you think these two things should kind of remain separate? If you want that kind of live TV vibe, you should get something like YouTube TV or Hulu Premium or something like that. I will say, and this is just my two cents, but the way WWE has done it on Peacock, I think it works. I think it works. So I could see a, a way for them to do that. It'd be interesting. So CP, any final thoughts? No, I mean, I am curious to know what the discussion offline with our listeners goes like. I just, as I said, I've said this now three times. I think it's very off-brand for Netflix. So I hope they have a, a real strategy behind it. Sounds good. Well, I'm going to throw it over to you because you actually brought something to my attention, which was a great read. So tell us a little bit about what you found. Well, I think a great read might be like you're overselling this a little bit right now, D-Man. So there's okay. a great article on Collider. Oh, I heard great. And it's called 10 Superhero Movies Destined to Become Classics. And obviously, we will throw this link up so the rest of you can see what we're doing and can read it for yourself. Essentially, the author goes through and says, look, there have been like 85 comic book movies that have come out in the last two and a half decades. Not all of these are great. Some of them are terrible. But he puts together a list of 10 films that he believes are going to stand the test of time, evaluated based on what audiences think on these films and what critics think of these films. So, right. The audience signs off, the critics sign off. I'm going to read what he put down. We can talk okay. about this real quick. This is his, his for, for UD Man and for the audience. So number 10, Zack okay. Snyder's Justice League from 2021. Yeah. Okay, great. so this is Zack Snyder's Justice League, not, not, yeah, the, not, not the original. Crappy version. Yeah. yeah. And what do you think? Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I absolutely disagree. All right. Just like explain I don't why. I don't think Justice League is going to be a classic in any way. I think Justice League has its fans and its fans will follow it. I, I just don't think it's a classic the way we consider like Star Wars is a classic. Wizard of Oz is a classic. I just don't think just, you know, Avengers Avengers is, is a classic. Like right. if you're a comic book fan, you're going to love it. Justice League. I, I just don't see it. I mean, <sighs> I'm sorry. Dude, you're a moron. <laughs> You are a freaking moron. It is a masterpiece of cinema. And I will use the word masterpiece. <laughs> what they did in four hours undid everything that, that they did wrong in the two hours. It's a totally different movie. And it shows that he clearly has a vision and had things to say. And was pushing the limits of the superhero film genre. It absolutely deserves to be there. And you were wrong. I'm not stamping classic on Justice League. There's no way. All right. Number nine, Kick-Ass from 2010 i'll give this the stamp of cult classic i think it has fans but again i don't i just don't think it's a movie that people are literally going to be talking about when they're drinking beers 20 years from now kick ass there's no way wow okay cult right. classic so d-man's kind of a, an angry guy is what we're getting at here <laughs> how about this one you probably have issues with this movie too number eight the batman from 2022 yeah, I have issues with that as well. Uh, Anthony's going to bat it's me surpassed, up. It, it's surpassed by another, a better Batman movie. And that's the classic. The Dark Knight is the classic. That's the movie that everybody will talk about. They're not going to talk about the Batman. I'm sorry. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Number seven. You probably hate this one too. You may remember a film called Logan from 2017. I like this pick. 
I actually think Logan will stand up. I think the X-Men franchise in general is incredibly well received by comic book fans. It made a ton of money at the theaters and Logan was not the crown jewel of the X-Men franchise, but it is uh, probably the second best movie, third maybe depending on who you are and for some maybe even first, but I think Logan has a special place. I think Hugh Jackman as Logan, as as Wolverine was incredible and this was a, a great capper. Okay. So number six is kind of in that same vein. X-Men First Class from 2011. I'm going to say no. And the reasoning is kind of the same with the Batman. I think X-Men has outdone itself in another place. And that's Days of Future Past. Okay. All right. So number five, you probably hate this movie too, since apparently you hate all movies. This is really weird. Normally I'm the one hating things. <laughs> all right. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse from 2018. Let me get I'm not going to stand the test of the time because it's a cartoon. Nope. I absolutely agree with this being on the list. I think this movie in terms of its animation style, the fun that it had and it's introduced you know, introduction of Miles Morales to the uh, broader audience. This movie will absolutely stand the test of time. And I think people will grow up with it. There's already going to be a sequel and they will remember this movie very fondly. I, I think this will be a classic. Okay. Definitely. Well, you're not agreeing on this one. So number four, Black Panther. Classic. Also from 2018. Okay. Absolute right. classic. Right. I don't even need to talk about it. We'll just leave it at that. It's All a right. classic. No number three, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Yes, classic. Staple of, of the Marvel MCU and one of the coolest movies they've made. Yeah, because right. people are going to talk about the MCU. This will always be brought up. Winter Soldier was awesome. All right, number two. I actually think that you are going to have issue with this one, D-Man. Wonder Woman from 2017. Awful pick. I mean, I think that's terrible. I, I did not really enjoy Wonder Woman. I actually didn't really care for the movie at all. Never even saw the sequel. That's how much I liked the first one. Didn't even give the sequel a shot and it was free. No, I think if anything, I mean, I think Gal Gadot is great as Wonder Woman. I think that the movie itself, what it did for putting a female director in that position to helm, you know, one of the biggest blockbusters of the year was great. So, I mean, in terms of the movie itself, I think there were things that it did that will be remembered. But is this movie any good? I'm going to say no. And two, two, put that down at 10 if you're going to put it on this. That's embarrassing to me. No, That's two's not on the list. Oh, oh, you mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant 1984. Yeah, I was like, okay, all right, fine. And number one, you probably hate this one too, Avengers Endgame from 2019. Absolute classic, bonafide. It's the number, it's probably the most classic of all comic book movies now. And that's simply because it was a can't miss tentpole moment. It's like Star Wars when it came out. And I wasn't even alive, but th that's all I can imagine is that you, you, you know where you were when you saw it. You'll talk about your theater experience and you'll probably still be watching it. Absolute two thumbs up for that number one pick. That's amazing. I love it. Okay. All right. Well, so what I'd like to do here is not really talk about why you're wrong because, well, we can do that when it's just <laughs> over. What I would like to do is obviously the NFL draft is coming out. I would like to do a new segment on this podcast. Okay, that's fun. Propose we draft. Okay, we're just going to assume that the 10 comic or superhero movies listed on this list are off limits. We're not going to discuss it any further. And what I want to do is we're going to flip a coin and you and I are going to draft what we think are the five superhero movies in addition. So 10 total, each of us is going to draft five. In addition, yeah. 
that is going to stand the test of time as potential classics. We will revisit this ep- episode in like 30 years and see <laughs> which of us was more, you know, more right versus more wrong with our five picks. But that's what I want to do. All right. So these are these are just any comic book movies, best comic book movies of all time. Comic book movies. I think we should set a cap since the author does state of, of the modern superhero era. He doesn't define what that goes back to. I say, let's go back to say the last 25 years. So well, what year would that be? Um, 1998, 19, yeah, 1998 would be 25 years ago. So we're not going to okay. get into Batman 1989. We're not going to get into the original Superman. Okay. Those are, are from a bygone era there. It's a different style of filmmaking. What we're going to look at is the last 25 years, probably starting with X-Men from 1999, anything beyond that. All right. Sounds good. All right. So that's really the only requirement. We'll do a snake draft. So I'll flip a coin and you're going to call it in the air and tell me what you want. Okay. Ready? Go ahead. Tails. Oh, it is in fact Tails. So All right, is the first pick in number one pick, baby, and you know what I'm going with the Dark Knight. It is oh. my favorite comic book movie of all time. Anthony, I hate to do this to you, but it is the best Batman movie of all time. Joker, absolutely banger of a villain. He's fantastic. Heath Ledger knocked it out of the park. But Christopher Nolan, tip of the cap. That movie is amazing. So I'm going Dark Knight. Well, D man. That is a good pick. And obviously that's what I would have taken as the first pick had I won the coin toss, but I did not. So great. Pick. I wondered, I wondered, we did not, neither of us shared our list. So we do not no. know what the other person is going no. to pick. So I wondered what you would have picked. I think I told you that in pre-production. I was like, I am interested to hear what you would have gone with, but it is the dark night. So that's a good thing I picked it. All right. So now I'm going to get the second and the third pick, right? So for number two, I'm going to throw out... Wait, it's your number one, right? Yeah, well, it's my first pick, but it's the number yeah. two in the draft overall. So okay. my, my first pick, Spider-Man 2 from 2004. Oh, that's number two on my list. That is one of my favorite movies. I knew you were going to take... I was like, he's either going to take Dark Knight or Spider-Man as his first pick, so... What I got to do? All right, and well, I'm going to... Oh, go ahead. I still got another draft pick, buddy. So for my, for third pick overall, and my second pick, I'm going to go with the Avengers from 2012. You've got to be kidding me. That was literally what I was going to pick right now. (laughs) Which, to me, Avengers 1 is monumental in so many ways because it finally brought comic books truly to the big screen where they have this team-up film, just like the comics. The moment, I mean, Marvel's ability to deliver on that moment was absolutely fantastic. If you saw that in the theaters and you weren't cheering when they all you know, flex in on, you know, in New York City when, you know, the Mm -hmm. Chitauri are attacking. I mean, you're not a comic book fan. That was just absolutely stunning moment. It changed the future of comic book movies and films. And it's a a fantastic pick. I love that. I agree. And I think that because it was the first major team up movie, it is going to live on in infamy for a long time. So, okay. Well, so I'm going to actually, for my, so am I getting two picks now? We're doing snake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So for my, my number two pick, this may be a little controversial because this is a personal favorite and something that I love. It was well-received and in my opinion, it's the best of this franchise, but with number two, I'm going to go with X-Men days of future past. I had that on the board too. Great pick though. Great pick. 
No, it, it literally, I, I, it, this is why I had to put Avengers over it. It, it does steal a little bit from Avengers. This is a X-Men team up movie where they're bringing together two different ensemble casts mm-hmm. and they do it again in a fantastic way. I love how they handle time travel in this movie. I think it's fantastic. The pacing was great. It was easy to understand. The action was pretty cool. And I love Magneto as a villain. He's fantastic. Okay. No, that's very good. So after X-Men, hmm, what do I want to pick? I think I'm going to go, again, this is a little bit of a personal favorite. I don't think it's necessarily the best movie, but it's one that I rewatch maybe the most. And I love this movie, but I'm going to go with uh, Iron Man from, I think it was 2008, 2007. Okay. So a movie that kicked off the MCU, it rebooted uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s career. And even though he had been in some other films, some successful films before that, this is what really launched him into the stratosphere and launched the MCU. Very, very important film especially in regards to marvel but just in general for its place in in comic book movie lore now here's the other thing i actually really like this movie i think it's an easy watch i think they do a lot of things right i love the way iron man's suit looks in this movie it actually looks like you know it's a real suit made made of metal which is great you know especially when you compare it to wakanda forever where they have iron heart it that literally looks like a cg mashup which i just was not a fan of i think the suit here is fantastic and even though it does have in my opinion one of the weaker villains and starts off that kind of trope of having mirror villains for the heroes it is the first one to do it and i'll give it a little bit of a break for that uh well the first of the mcu I, I really love Iron Man. That's a great movie. Okay. Fair enough. I think that that is a good pick. That was your third, correct? Yep. So now it's going back to me. Ooh. So you're on three and four, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm going to pick this just because I know it's going to piss you off because you're going to say it has no business being this high on the list. <laughs> Can't wait. Man of Steel 2013. Uh, yeah. And I yeah, know it's going to bother you, but you know what? I'm going to quote Christopher Nolan, who is someone that you respect. And as Christopher Nolan says, Man of Steel is Superman for this generation. And I think it has defined it in very many ways. That's the reason I why do love a bunch I... of angry fans on the internet who hate or who are mad that they cut Henry Cavell. It was a Superman movie showing Superman with the modern through the power of CG that we haven't seen before. I mean, the way he looked when he was flying is the best yet. I mean, it was fantastic. The fight scene at the end is just epic. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. But I even love, you know, I love, you know, him kind of finding the Fortress of Solitude. He has that kind of communication with his AI dad. Obviously, at the time, I don't know if we knew it yet, but they were kicking off the DCEU with this movie. Although, was that announced at this point? I don't know if it was. Kind of evolved after the movie was finished, which is, I think, probably why parts of it felt a little disjointed going okay. into Batman versus Superman. There's a, there's kind of a logical leap that doesn't necessarily follow. Yeah. Here's what I'll give you. I don't hate that pick, but I will admit that that was not on my list. I know. I know, but I know this next one. Number four is, and I'm going to go with Captain America civil war. Ooh. Yeah. That is a great movie. I do love Captain America Civil War. Again, it's not an Avengers film. And one of the things that I love about Captain America Civil War is at its heart, it truly is a Captain America movie. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It had it had a real chance based on the trailer of kind of being like Avengers light. They totally do have one of the best fight scenes in all of the MCU at the airport. Mm-hmm. But it is a Captain America movie. I mean, it just is. It stays very true to it. It's about his, his, his character arc. Yep. That's one of the things that they do well in it. 
Is that your favorite fight scene in the MCU? Because it's it's up there for me. I mean, we might, we might have to do a list of best fight scenes in the mm. MCU, but... I do love that. I, I mean, I really love... I don't know if it's just a fight scene, kind of the whole Avengers versus the invading alien army at the end of Avengers. That's that's pretty amazing. But it's kind of like a third of a movie. I don't know if it's even a fight scene, but it's... How are we defining right. this fight scene? That's what we got to get into. So think about that for when we have this whole... CP, I will say, literally, in Avengers, when Tony Stark, he's in his suit now, and they open up the portal, and the Chachari start flooding in, and he swaps over his HUD on his helmet, and then he takes off going up, and he's, like, shooting at the Chitari. I remember, I literally, in my seat, I, like, sat up, and my eyes were so wide. I was like, this is everything I've wanted to see. <laughs> like, eye candy. Like, this is amazing. So, I mean, just that whole, that, I mean, that's incredible. It is. It's a good one. It's a great movie. So, back to you. No, is that, okay, so you have four? That's my fourth pick, yeah. Okay, so number four for me, I think I'm going to go with, hmm, uh, hang on, I got a list here. I just got to review right. for a second, make sure <laughs> yeah, I pick yeah, the right one. Yeah, yeah. you're on the clock. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I think I'm going to go spider-man into the spider-verse well i guess that was on yeah Yeah, that was on his list okay on his list yeah that was on that was on mine but yeah i I think i just love what that did for animated comic book movies i loved its style i thought it was i just thought it was so much fun i'll stick with fun i'm gonna go with thor ragnarok okay i think that's the the best thor movie and in my opinion it's one of my favorite movies from the mcu it's one of my favorite comic book movies i think they struck exactly the right tone i love how it was literally a a bit of a conclusion to the arc that had been set up in thor one he goes from essentially not being worthy at the end of that to passing on the throne at the end of two and finally taking his seat on the mantle ready to lead the asgardians at the end of thor ragnarok and i mean it's just so much fun they make thor more comical they had some great fight scenes him and hulk go at it you know in the gladiator stadium i thought hella even wasn't necessarily the best villain that marvel has ever done or anything but i thought she played it so well you could just tell that the actress really reveled in the role and was enjoying it and more than that i love what she represented which was the devastation and colonialism that asgard had wreaked on so many civilizations in order to reap their riches I just thought it was a really great movie all around. It's a shame that uh, Love and Thunder didn't live up to that billing. Sometimes you capture lightning in a bottle, and I think with uh, Thor Ragnarok, lightning, lightning, Thor, well done, (laughs) D-Man. They totally nailed it. And even I love when Thor just finally realizes like his power is innate and he absolutely erupts. It's just great. Love Thor Ragnarok. Okay, I can dig it. So final pick for me, and I think I'm going to go with another... Another one that actually is still a lot of fun, it holds up really well, uh, is going to be X2, X-Men United. Mm. So I got two X-Men movies on the list, which is crazy. I didn't think that would happen. But you took some of the good ones, man. You know, hey, I got to respect the list. So yeah, X2, X-Men United, I think was the X-Men movie, especially at the time that everybody had kind of been waiting for. It was the you know potential realized of them announcing they're going to make live action X-Men movies. And they do so many things. They bring in, you know, at the end, there's the allusion to the Dark Phoenix story. They have, is it Strider? Is that his name? Striker. 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 William Striker. Yeah. 
And they have William Stryker, and they're diving into the history of Wolverine, which at that time there was so much promise because it had been announced that I think Hugh Jackman was going to stand or star in his own standalone film. So mm-hmm. we thought mm-hmm. that might get explored better. It didn't really pan out. But at that time, there was a ton of potential. One of the things that I think they did really well with X-Men 1 and carries over here to X-Men 2 is just, I think they did such a good job casting the X-Men, especially at that time. Yeah. They knocked that out of the park. Everybody was on their A game and it was just a lot of fun. I love, I even love like, you know, Magneto as a villain. He uses his powers and he unclips all the uh, grenades and they all, you know, you're like, dude, this guy's crazy. Like you didn't have to do that. I love the opening scene of X2 with Nightcrawler and the White House. I'm like, so amazing. That's exactly what you want with a, you know, with a cool character like that. They totally capture it. I totally agree with you. That's awesome. Good pick. All right. So I'm on my number five. Hmm, I'm torn. I guess the challenge is what's going to live up to in terms of audience and all right i'm going remember this one. it's supposed to be a classic it's it's not just your favorite no. do you, no, do you no, think no. it'll it'll reach classic status here i okay i think that this one this is going to be like the guy the six round pick from like the division two <laughs> okay this is not on your list yeah tell me I, you wouldn't have picked tom brady if you were drafting just i I guarantee you this one is going to be a cult classic. 2017 Lego Batman. Oh, what a pick. Oh my gosh. We ended up with two animated comic book movies here. Yeah. Wow. I'm... I have seen Lego Batman and I kind of agree with you. I think there's an entire generation of kids that saw this. If you're a true Batman fan, I mean, it is such a great homage to everything that has been brought forth in the world of the Dark Knight. The history of the films, everything. It The writers so understood the character of Batman that I think it's going to live a long time in the Batman fan film. I, that pick, I really like. I think All that right. is, a, that you knocked that one out of the park. And wow, you brought it up on the five. So that's a steal. I think that's that'll definitely be a movie that people watch they'll share it with their kids i think that movie's gonna be around yeah i totally agree and i do want to correct myself i said there's two animated movies on this list but there's actually only that one because into the spider-verse was on the author's list in the list of the 20 yes it's on two uh on our the list of 10 that we created there's only the one animated which is still kind of weird because i suppose we could have picked the incredibles or well, I don't. I didn't put the Incredibles on my list. I probably should have asked you. Although I don't, might have I don't like hinted. the Incredibles. Oh, I love the Incredibles. I hate it. I think it's a great movie, but I mean, it has comic book vibes. It's about superheroes, but it's not based on a comic book, I guess. Well, anyway, CP, fantastic list. This was actually a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, bringing a new uh-huh. segment to the Figured show. Figured we'd that try something cool. different. And audience, if you liked us arguing over. Uh... Well, our draft choices, then let us know. Maybe we'll do it again. This might be something that I think I really would like to do if we have a guest. That would- yeah, and be sure to uh, share your list with us. So again, we said 25 years, but really starting with X-Men to present day. But you can just let us know what, what your top five picks would be. Or if you would like to, uh, you know, pick what is remaining and send that <laughs> list as well, you can. So either way, we would love to hear from you guys and see what your kind of favorite classic comic book movies are from the last 25 years. That would be incredible. CP, that actually does it for our show this week. I hope everybody, I hope you had fun listening uh, to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to continue the conversations on social media, as well as if you want, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or the podcast directory of your choice. 
We always appreciate that. It helps us rank a little bit higher. You can follow everything Filmmakers Compass at filmmakerscompass.com or at Film Comp Podcast on social media. And you can follow me at Big Kid D-Man and CB. You can follow me at NDCal5. Thank you again for checking out this week's episode of Filmmakers Compass Podcast. We will see you back here next week. And until then, keep watching movies. <laughs>